What's going on, Geeks? You're listening to a very special episode of the Geeks Race podcast. My name is Cody Armour, and I'm here with Andrew Lowen. What's up, everybody? The designer of the board game Deliverance, which is a... Uh, how would you describe it? Uh, simplest way that I, that I would describe it is a Christian fantasy dungeon crawl board game. Okay, cool. So it's like tactical combat, dungeon crawling, and demon slaying. Yeah, it looks amazing. Uh, it got backed on Kickstarter and you said eight minutes, right? Yeah, we raised $39,000 in, in just over eight minutes. And now it's, uh, like close to 220,000. That's crazy. And there will be, um, about a week and a half to go by the time this goes live. So make sure you go, you go check that out. Um, if you want to get on it, I believe to buy the base game, it's, it's $60, right? Yes. Yeah. 59 bucks gets you the base game and, then uh, 89 will get you like an upgraded version that has more characters, um, angel miniatures, a bunch of quality of life improvements and um, and things. And uh, there are a couple of other pledge levels beyond that that would take you all in and give you like fat neoprene mats and huge metal coins and, you know, um, all of the trappings that, you know, like the cosmetic things that board gamers love, that they're all there. Cool. Well, we'll talk about it a little bit later. We'll get everyone definitely on board, I think. Um, you're going to want to buy this game. But first, I want to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, I love origin stories, so that's kind of always where I go with this kind of thing. Um, so the first question that I have for you is, um, what is your geek origin story? Were you born with a D20 in your hand or maybe come a, a little bit later? How'd that, how'd that go down? Actually, my first memories of anything nerdy are, I think I was three years old watching my dad play through Legend of Zelda, um, walk through Death Mountain and things like that on regular Nintendo. And mm-hmm. I just I started playing video games at that time, um, became really a career gamer. And that's where my entrance into like the nerdverse began. Um, so I, I got super into Japanese RPGs on the Super Nintendo. And that's where I stopped being such a noob. Uh, before it was like, hey, let's play Super Mario. And now it's like, <laughs> you know, I need to feel some sort of progression and leveling and like more awesomeness. And JRPGs were perfect for that. And yeah. uh, it progressed kind of into, um, well, you know, Diablo 2 and kind of just every Blizzard game that exists. Um, World of Warcraft. I got extremely hardcore into World of Warcraft and. Um, I put well over 30,000 hours over a 10-year period into my character. And the reason I know that is because they have this command you can hit. It's a backslash played. It tells you how long you've been playing. <laughs> and it was like 985 days played. Um, wow. It's like, that is about three years. And I World of Warcraft had been out for 10 years. Like, that is a <laughs> lot of time. And you said it past <laughs> tense. Are you, are you still playing it or...? No, so um, at around 2015, I actually quit playing video games cold turkey, and okay. there's a there's a lot of stuff before that, but I kind of felt like God was calling me away from playing video games, and uh, he brought me to a place that I was okay giving them up, and that's probably why, you know, I just, I found board gaming, and I started reading a lot more, and other things like that, and so um, that's prob- that's actually exactly what led me into deliverance and creating this game um so pretty cool. awesome 
Well, going back then, what, what would you say is your favorite JRPG then? Uh, definitely be Chrono Trigger. And yes. I, well, so yeah, <laughs> that was the easy answer. But I'll say I probably put as much time into Final Fantasy VII and Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Tactics. So um, maybe even more time into Tactics. But um, yeah, I, I played the snot out of Chrono Trigger and New Game Plus was like my jam. You know, it was like, oh, I beat the game. It's time to create a new save file and start with the Rainbow Sword. <laughs> Play it um, again. Yeah, yeah. So it was cool. it was really fun. I still have mem- I still think back to all of the immersion of Chrono Trigger and you know, like you went to twenty three hundred AD and you know, just little simple things that, that you remember like um you step into the little um I don't I don't know, it's like a uh pod and you, you heal up, but you're still hungry. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that. It's like you heal, but you're still hungry. Um, just little things like that it left such an impact on me. So Chrono Trigger is absolutely the answer. Cool. Yeah, that's a great game. <laughs> that's a great <laughs> answer. Uh, so getting into board games then, um, what is your, uh, I guess, what is your favorite board? What board game do you go back to the most? Uh, what's so friends come over? They've never played board games. What's, what's your go-to? Uh, well, it, it depends. It's I guess if it's a board game night. There's mm-hmm. a game called Scythe that is my fave to to bust out with every, you know, if like four or five players are sitting around the table, we'll play a game called Scythe. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like an alternate World War One history thing. It's a little bit of fantasy mixed with, um, you know, like instead of um, tanks, you have giant mechs and farmers and things like that. And you're trying to like build your nation. And there's this like the threat of war is what that game's all about. So. A lot of fun. Cool. Of course, Deliverance, we play we play that a lot. A lot of people want to play that when they come over um, because I have, like, one of the only prototypes in existence. Um, <laughs> I think there are ten of them in the world. And um, uh, generally, I, I tend to favor co-op games. So um, Lord of the Rings Journeys of Middle-Earth is a big one that we play a lot. It's um, basically Lord of the Rings with an app-based kind of adventure story going on. And... Um, it's a nice little kind of blend between video games and board games because you're using an app that tells you what to do, what the enemies do, and that sort of thing. And then you're playing your character, which the app doesn't know where that character is on the on the board. So you kind of have this combination of of things. Um, very interesting. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. But I will say that I also played collectible card games like really hard. You know, I, we kind of glossed over it in my origin story and whatnot, but I played Pokemon, I played Yu-Gi-Oh!, I played Magic the Gathering, I played a bunch of trading card games that are now no longer in existence, uh, like, you know, Warlord and WoW TCG and uh, Magi Nation and others, and uh, I played that super duper hard, um, competitive in tournaments and stuff like that. So Cool. Yeah, I, I imagined that, you know, building a board game as detailed as what Deliverance is, you'd have to have a pretty extensive uh, backlog of board games that you've uh, having your repertoire. Yeah, and it actually goes beyond that because um, Deliverance really, it kind of feels like a video game on a tabletop. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the lessons that I've, you know, applied to Deliverance, the design principles and whatnot, have actually originated in video games. So, um, you know, like, for example, the way that your characters gain, you gain resources when you use weaker attacks. And then you spend those resources to unleash more powerful attacks. It's almost like uh, you 
you know, some people might understand limit breaks or, you know, using like a, like an, a, an ultimate or, or like in street fighter, I forget what it's called, but, um, it's kind of, kind of like this, this gain and spend resources, um, which funny enough, not many board games do that. It's like you have two or three skills for your, you know, in, in a fantasy dungeon crawling type board game, you've got like two or three skills that your character can use and that's it. But in, in deliverance, you have this resource based, it's almost like a resource management on your individual character. It's like, um, so anyway, a lot of, a lot of other, um, elements that are kind of distilled more from video games than board games. And I guess that's, you know, kind of my experience really cool coming out. Yes. Yeah, so you like, you grew up ready for this thing. It's, I think cool. so. I, if, yeah, it feels like I'm like the perfect combination of all the things to make deliverance. So it's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, as you mentioned, it is a Christian board game. Uh, you are a Christian yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when did indeed were you were, have you always been a Christian or did that kind of come a little bit later? Um, you mentioned you stopped playing you video games at a certain points. Um, you know, at, at one point, I, I want to know the whole story there. Yeah. Well, all right. So from the time I became a Christian to the time I quit game, video games. Yeah, I'm really interested. Okay. That, that was like was like oh okay. Yeah, That's an yeah. interesting point. So, all right. Um, well, I, I grew up with a relatively boring um, salvation story. I mm-hmm. was, yeah, I went to a, um, a church camp when I was 12 years old, and I gave my life to Christ um, at that camp. I was baptized in the American River in Northern California, and I took Christ with me from that point on. And um, I didn't, I wasn't really a bad kid. I was just kind of a nerd that would like to, would rather stay home. I liked sports and things. You know, being active, riding my bike, and doing all sorts of things with my friends, but we never got in any trouble. We were just too too nerdy for that. Like nobody <laughs> offered. I've never smoked marijuana. I took my first alcoholic drink after the age of twenty one. Um, like all the basics, you know, things that I think as a parent, I hope my kids are do exactly that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still got into my fair share of trouble, and um, you know, around let's say the age of like. 14 i started playing a pokemon and like watching it and playing pokemon red and blue you know i and um i met one of my best friends making the psyduck sound i was i started high school wrestling and i was making the psyduck sound like psyduck psyduck <laughs> you know walking around and a friend a, a random kid just pokes his head out behind the wrestling mat and says Sai, yai, yai, and we became best friends so um <laughs> the uh we we've gone through a lot together just in our christian walks uh, his name's brighton and um he uh, so we met at the age of 14 and he and i have like he went super emo and started traveling up and down following like emo bands uh you know up and down the the coast of the U- uh, west coast of the u.s and i kind of got into just playing video games really hard to the forsaking of everything else in life you know that was i guess if you would call it a vice that was my vice and Mm -hmm. i couldn't i could never just play a game like as soon as we started uh, i was uh, like warcraft 3 no no, it was diablo 2 i uh, was the first game i played just really really hard i would stay up to like you know six in the morning sometimes trading um i seriously passed college economics because i understood economics so well from buying and selling in that game and then we moved on to warcraft 3 i achieved like rank 24 solo 
in the U.S. Uh, on U.S. West server, and uh, then we moved into World of Warcraft when I started college. And as I mentioned, I spent thirty thousand hours over a ten-year period. Basically, one third of my life um, was spent playing World of Warcraft, and then two thirds of my life was sleeping, doing school, and <laughs> wrestling. And uh, you know, I did I did a lot of wrestling in high school and college, and whatnot. And then um, that was it. So I just was pretty much like without wrestling, I would probably be just like super pasty and like. 900 pounds or something you know i i don't know but i i um it just it became my god in in a way you know and turned into almost um, an addiction for you yeah absolutely and i'll say to this day i feel like you know there are lots of different kinds of addictions out there but i think that an addiction to video games is legit you know Mm -hmm. um I'm not necessarily close-minded to playing games again or anything, I, or others playing games, whatever. I just know that for me, I can't really handle playing a game. I have to be extremely good at the game, you know. And um, like I, I had I don't know if you're familiar with BlizzCon. Have you ever mm-hmm. yeah. heard of? Okay, so I had like one of my arena partners won that Bli- the first BlizzCon tournament in World of Warcraft, and my other arena partner took third place the following BlizzCon. And so I was very highly rated at one point. I was, I personally was rated uh, uh, 33rd in the world in, in uh, World of Warcraft uh, 2v2 and uh, in arenas. And, um, you know, my like seventh in the United States. And um, so we played really hard. I led, you know, I created guilds to slay dragons and everything else. And um, we earned some you know we got a lot of notoriety for being really good and that doesn't really translate into life skills so much you know like the administration side does but um i just feel like uh, you know it, it became more important to me than anything else right and when something's more important to you than god more important to you than family you know then uh it's just i i don't know what other word to call it other than an addiction or a vice you know right and and so that's where I guess my, you know, I, I had like some decision points as kind of a young man. You know, my wife, when she was my, um, so I didn't, I went through a long period of time without dating any girls or anything like that. Only ever had like two serious girlfriends and one of them I married and made a bunch of children with. And uh, she's my wife, uh, 12 years on the 26th of June. Well, so um, thank you. And so anyway, she was like. You know, when she we started dating and I told her, honey, I have to be home at like four o'clock because I have a um, a PVP session. I have have like a training session with my with my team. And she was like, "Okay." Hmm." And when we were talking about getting engaged, she was like, "If we get engaged, you have to quit playing World of Warcraft because that is more important than me. You know, and uh, it's like, you know, we we ended up. um, So I ended up saying, "Okay," And then. A couple of months into our our engagement, we started playing video games and like console games. And then eventually I got her into World of Warcraft and we both started playing like super <laughs> hardcore. Um, and, you know, I was generally OK. Like she would do a lot for me to kind of restrain me a little bit and help me to be more casual, which is what I wanted to do. But I just I it was so hard. Um, there was a so I got married um 
we got our place and then I started a business kind of part-time selling websites. This is back in um, like 2010, January or no, it was like November, 2010. I went full-time mm-hmm. trying to sell websites and whatnot. I was trying to be a firefighter and, and EMT and I became an EMT and I kind of gave up that uh, career path to try to sell websites and, and make it kind of in the self-employed mm-hmm. arena. And I remember there were some days where my wife would go to work and then I would, I had to make cold calls. That was how I would get sales, you know? And, um, I just, I wasn't good at it or anything, but I made them and I, we, I did make sales and I had to make like one sale a month in order to stay in business and just provide my little portion of the, of the income. And, um, while my wife worked full time and I remember there were a lot of days where she would leave for work at like six in the morning and I would make like two calls and get my feelings hurt, you know, by somebody saying, you know, wow, how dare you cold call me? And I remember playing video games for like eight hours in a row while I'm supposed to be working and my wife is working hard and she comes home. And as soon as I hear her feet, like, you know, you know, walking up the stairs to our condo, I would just like shut things off really quick and like make it look like I had been working, you know? And Mm -hmm. I was, I had started like to kind of hide things from my wife in, in that way. And also it wasn't very good because if you don't work, you don't eat. Right. That's kind of what the Bible says. And that wasn't working. And you know, it, it, um, it became something that I was able to kind of work through. God really had grace on me to allow me to kind of work through that addiction and work it out little bit by little bit. And, you know, my wife was my number one helper to kind of keep me focused and not, you know, um, succumb fully to an addiction or whatever, you know? And, I, um, so it was something that I battled with, like, is like one of my struggles, you know? And I imagine um, it takes a lot of strength to just be like done with video games completely. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast are just like, would be horrified. It's like, I'd have <laughs> to it, like put my switch down. Did you, you know? <laughs> did you give up World of Warcraft and then video games or was it all video games starting with like, including World of Warcraft? Well, you know, this was, uh, so I started WoW in like 2004 and I stopped. It was actually October 1st, 2015. Um, I was playing League of Legends pretty hard. I got to like okay. Platinum 4. Um, and then um, I was playing Elder Scrolls Online at the time with, with my wife, in fact. And But we were playing because I love that and she wanted to do the things that I love, mm-hmm. you know, as just like I watch Pride and Prejudice for her, she'll play Elder Scrolls Online for me, right? And um, so I, I just remember we went on a the reason i remember the day october 1st is because we went on a on a fast with our church it was kind of like a church-wide thing and you know we basically they wanted you to abstain from something that mattered to you and i just felt god calling me to stop playing video games for 30 days just a month it was like 40 days actually and um we're like okay i can do that and then on day 38 god i felt his hand heavy, heavy upon me to, to not pick the controller up again. You know, it was actually a keyboard, right? Yeah. Keyboard and, mouse. and, um, PC master race. So I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. And, um, I just said, okay, I, you know, he brought me to a place where I could see how much I was losing out by, um, I was trying to do so many things at the time we had two children and now I have soon to be six, but, um, so two little children 
And then, you know, I had a business that was, um, you know, I had actually two employees. Uh, I, I hired two employees. And um, then, you know, I had Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I love, you know, after I wrestled, I took up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And so now I'm a four-stripe brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, that's basically upside down wrestling with finishing moves, um, <laughs> but you're in pajamas. And uh, so that's like how I would describe that. But um, video games were like, I, I had to devote time to video games to be good. Mm-hmm. And I felt like God was telling me, if you stop and give this to me, I will give you something better. And so I guess I, I believed him. And so I, I, I was like, okay, but I'm, you know, it was like almost a challenge to God that I'm going to trust you with this and I'm going to wait in expectation that you're going to mm-hmm. give me something better, you know? And, um, it, w- it just became something that, um, almost like in a way it was like Gideon and, and the, the fleece. It's like, I'm going to set this fleece out and I want it to be wet, but the ground around it should be dry, you know, and I'm going to wait a while to, to see if it happens. And, you know, God, it it was tough because after you stop playing video games, what happens is it's almost like a cocaine addiction. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's uh, a ton of dopamine in playing a video game. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. like. So. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it. it, Yeah. So you get it. You know, you've got this this dopamine happening in your in your head and you're kind of trying to chase the high of of like whatever epic moment cause that dopamine you want to do more that of next that. level or that next win or yeah that next yeah yeah totally get it yeah crazy. and definitely and um i i just uh remember kind of coming down in a way from video games I, i'll just call them a drug it was a drug to me and the world was slow this was the problem with with the world after playing video games so much and hardcore and like being really good and um having friends that all loved gaming and everything like that when when i stopped it was like well what do i do everything is boring you know and like reading a book was like well that's really slow like i didn't have audible at the time or anything you know (laughs) and it was just slow and frustrating um and it was like i was also like i really had this escape uh this love for um the fantasy i call it a power fantasy you know you like have this character and you're ultra strong and awesome. And I didn't really have any replacement for that right away. And so I looked for whatever it is that we could do to kind of fill time, you know, with the office, we watched tons of the office. We watched Lord of the Rings. We watched like whatever movies we could that were fun, um, kind of like fantasy or comedy or whatever, but those kind of dry up. And so we started reading books. We would read out loud my my wife and I would read out loud to each other. We read the Wheel of Time series. We read like Harry Potter. We read um, we tried Lord of the Rings, but I, after like the nineteenth chapter of Tom Bombadil singing, was like, all right, I don't know how you guys do this. It's but. so detailed. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and you you know when you read somebody singing, you can't just like read the words. You have to like try to <laughs> sing in like a limerick. You know, it's like. it's like not regular reading you know and also reading takes a lot of effort when you do it out loud it's like 10 times the effort you know but um but yeah so then it just kind of i don't know i can't remember exactly when it was but um we played a tabletop game 
and I think it was it was one of the standards that you would expect. Um, it was either Catan or maybe like Pandemic. Um, and all of a sudden, I think it, I mean Catan was the one that we just dominated. Like we played that like every night when we <laughs> when we got it. We played every night for like thirty days in a row, and it was like extremely fun. It was a board game that you kind of got to build your empire in a way, yeah. you know, like you build a road, you build another house or whatever city, and then you get more resources. And I rolled those Catan dice a lot of times and my <laughs> wife still loves Catan. It's one of her favorite games to this day. I was like so close to buying the $300 cool looking Catan. I'm like, what am I thinking? You know, this is like, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to so, ask you, really play, uh, so, you mentioned yeah, your video game friends. Was there a lot of pushback from them when you're like, I'm done playing or were they really supportive of the decision? You know, so uh, I mentioned my buddy Brighton yeah. um, that who, you know, became really good friends with me. Uh, he wanted to become a Navy SEAL. So right around the same time that I quit video games, he also, um, he had quit or rather really heavily reduced his play so that he could work out and had, he had this like crazy training regimen and the way that he is, he doesn't want anything to interrupt. If he gets focused on something, that's all he wants to do. Like he'll, he's the kind of guy that will grind, you know, whatever, um, like level one rats or something to get max level. Like if, if he wants to do it, that's, that's what he'll do. He's okay. He's okay with it. And uh, so anyway, he wanted to train to be a Navy SEAL. And so he actually stopped gaming. And he was my only friend that stopped gaming. Every other friend, like you kind of alluded to, was like, why don't you play just this weekend? Or why don't you let's do this? You know, we we used to like, you know, bring our computers over to everyone bring their computer over to my house and we would land it up and uh, raid or PvP or whatever. And, um, you know, it was it was pretty tough because I had a lot of people that were like, come on, come on, you know? And, um, were you able to so carry was, those friends a, over to the board game realm then? Were you able to convert them a little bit or did you have to find some, other people to, to do that with? You know, as I, as I look at my group of friends now, I, um, I'm still friends with those people, but we don't hang out on a regular basis. Okay. It was almost entirely. Our friendship was kind of almost entirely built around, the things we do together, mm-hmm. not necessarily. Um, well, you know, Brighton and I, we, we kind of became friends based off of, you know, knowing God and just, uh, it was almost like the, that, that is a constant that no matter what it is that we're doing, we were able to like talk about. And, and, um, when I stopped playing video games, that was the only constant that a lot of my friends were, you know, had in common with me. And uh, the only common interest we had. So when I stopped doing that, they were just kind of like, you know, they didn't know what to how to hang out or whatever. You know, it was it was like weird. It was like all of a sudden Andrew's an adult now or something. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was a strange, strange feeling. Um, and so some of them a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of my friends just kind of fell off a little bit like we're friends but not not for re- not like close friends anymore and the ones that I remain close friends with are just we have a a mutual um love for for Jesus you know it's kind of what it came down to um I don't know and I I realized trying to be friends with somebody over a hobby is not necessarily a bad thing 
but it's it's not necessarily the glue that's going to keep you sticky and friends for you know a lifetime right right so wow that was that's <laughs> this I, is deep <laughs> yeah i was not uh i'm so invested in that that was that was really cool <laughs> um <laughs> yeah I, I had no idea we were gonna like go down this this line of of questioning but it's it's cool to kind of share i don't think i've really ever shared that in in as much detail as uh as i did yeah. um you know it's i i really do feel like god gave me video games and then he was like i need you to develop this experience because you know every single element of of gaming that i have you know partaken in i guess i don't know um has dramatically influenced the development of deliverance which is this board game that i is on kickstarter but it, i started deliverance about five years ago and the development of deliverance and um you know and like i guess it's 2016 june june 1st 2016 actually um but i don't know why i remember that date either <laughs> but um the i feel like in a way my it's like my life song i guess you know to borrow yeah. from a popular <laughs> musician um that it's like i have studied the bible hard for the last, you know, um, 11 or so years and, uh, prompted by an event, by the way, which we could get into, but, um, I, I feel like the, I don't know, the, 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 the game, the board game that I wanted to play, mm -hmm. nobody else in the entire world knew how to make it like, except for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here am I, Lord, send me. And God was like, okay. I think <laughs> here you are. I'm, I'm glad that you're able to, you know, share that story because I think there's a lot of listeners out there that maybe not, won't go to that extreme um, of like completely cutting off. But uh, it's just such an important message, I think, for people to, to know, you know, if something is an idol in your life, um, I think your story could be inspiring in, in having people cut that out of their lives. Uh, whatever yeah. that idol may be, you know, if it's video games or if it's something else, um, you know, that's that's not easy to do. And I think that's definitely like inspiring is the word that I would use. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely something that I, I guess for anybody that might feel a little bit helpless in a way, um, you know, I remember there were days when I would play a game, let's say like World of Warcraft, I would be on voice chat with my guild and whatever. And then somebody would say sometimes it was me. Somebody would say, oh, I'm so bored. I hate this game. And then the natural question, I'm sure, I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but it's so common with MMOs and, and other games like that. It's like, I'm so bored. I hate this game. Some version of that. And then somebody will say, well, why don't you quit? <laughs> and then the answer all the time, the answer is the same. Well, there's nothing better. You know, nothing better. And it's kind of a frustrating place to be, but it, it's very common and when you don't want to quit something that you hate um because there's just nothing better than you probably might not be able to think of something better at the time but if you give it to god he will give you something better mm -hmm. right that's a promise um it's uh something that um you know we want to hold on to like this greasy dirty like t-shirt and like, I want to wear this t-shirt because it's the thing that I've known and it's what I'm comfortable in. And God's like, dude, I have like 
a, a wicked sick tracksuit for you <laughs> if you would just give me the t-shirt you don't have any pants yeah. on you know and just like well i don't care i just want this t-shirt it's like that verse um, that's always taken but, out of context it's like god will give you the desires of your heart and they think that you know that means they will give you your desires of your heart and it's like i'll have a million twitch subscribers <laughs> of course <laughs> it's like no god will give you the desire <laughs> yeah people are like, oh, exactly god. it's like god will give you the desires I think a great way to interpret that is God will give you the desires of his heart if you're willing to listen. Yeah. And, um, you know, I find that when your desires are God's desires, you get everything you want. Right. You know, God's desires for you. So anyway, it's interesting. And, you know, God gave me this this project. I actually was kind of frustrated because as a Christian, you know, I over over the years, I kind of started to become a little bit more sensitive to certain elements in fantasy. Um, you know, a big one being magic and other things like that. Like in World of Warcraft, you could play a warlock. Mm-hmm. Warlock would summon a demon. The demon would be a good guy. And you would suck the soul out of a, um, a creature in order to power your summoning of demons. And, you know, just not exaggerated at all. That's just kind of how, how it works. Um and I kind of started to have a problem with things like that, yeah, you know, through kind of a discernment. Um, yeah, but it, it's that's such a normal, you know, like voodoo and demonology and um, other types of things that the Bible calls wicked, you know, sorcery and whatnot are ever present in fantasy, you know, and there there's plenty of debate over, you know, for example, Harry Potter, mm-hmm. um, witches and wizards are you know, good things in Harry Potter and in that universe, everything is, um, I mean, that's just kind of the rules of that universe. Like witches and wizards are good guys. There's no, like, you know, there's not necessarily witches and wizards can choose to be good or choose to be evil. And magic is a normal thing for, for, um, you know, some, I guess, classes of humans. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, you know, the, the symbolism in Harry Potter is, interestingly christ-like you know um the story is is very much a um i don't know if jk rowling intended to do this but she did right Mm -hmm. you know the devil slays jesus and and you know on the cross and voldemort slays harry at the end and then spoiler alert harry dies and then comes back to life um after being carried out from his uh, you know, if you watch the uh, the movie, he's actually carried out and his hands are open from like a cross. He's in like the shape oh, yeah. of a cross. Um, and it's a completely Christ-like story. Voldemort ends up destroying himself in the end. You know, he kills the only thing that was like keeping him alive was Harry. We say it gets and... in grace all the time is uh, God wrote the best story in the world. So, of course, every other story written is going to have his handprint, his fingerprint in that story. Yep. Um, Absolutely. And I, I 100% agree. And I think that, um, you know, as a little bit of a tangent, you, you know, as a Christian, we can use things, you know, like I have uh, pastor friends or a lot of fans of Deliverance are pastors, priests, and, you know, uh, in, in addition to like tons of non-Christians, but the pastors and priests that, that are nerds will use Marvel and DC characters and stories to, to like preach. You know, and or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or whatever. And uh, while they'd probably be, you know, people would be pretty upset 
you know, Harry Potter is so divisive, right? But there are a lot of these stories that are not at all. It's like, all right, Captain America, let's talk about redemption mm -hmm. or, or Batman, right? And or Superman, let's talk about goodness and whatever, right? There are so many options. Um, and, you know, I, I think that Christians, a lot of the time that made games in the past, you know, like when you say, oh, this is a Christian game, you run into the problem of people thinking that it's a slightly worse version of an already existing product or it's like a thing that's meant to preach at me um, or educate me in some way. Right. And um, Bible what I've always appreciated. Vegetables. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Although I will say VeggieTales is hilarious. It's true. That's like the best Christian, best ever Christian project <laughs> like in existence uh, is hilarious. We'll go Bible Man. But, you know, there yeah. you go. Bible <laughs> Man is a great example, you know. Um, but the uh the idea is that you know these movies marvel it's not trying to necessarily push an agenda mm -hmm. you know superman or batman or whatever it's like the hero has a history and now his redemption and now he beats the bad guy and saves the world and so on and so forth um that's a story that you can tell over and over again with a different skin and people love it yeah. and it's also a story that you can just use in sermons if you want to to teach off of it and people appreciate it but they didn't design Superman with the intent to, like, give sermons, right? Mm -hmm. um, or Batman, The Dark Knight, you know, great movie. But they certainly didn't design it for a pastor to preach off of, right? Yeah. And yet you can. You know, there are lots of lessons to apply. Um, so, anyway, I just think that Christians designing games and, move, you know, media and that kind of thing, they, they fail at the very kind of the very outset of creating a Christian media project, which is I want to save people with this product. And so Christians are like, well, I'm already saved. So that's not for me. And the atheists are like, well, I don't want to be saved. Don't, you know, don't push your religion on me. That's not for me. So who's it for? Right. Right. It's for the grandma that makes their kid <laughs> watch it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, and that's not a very large portion of the market. And, uh, so it's just it. I think that Christian media overall, I, you know, there are actually some fantastic Christian media projects. Uh, the Chosen is the most obvious. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but yeah, it's, it's uncommon. They're uncommon for that reason. So then enters Deliverance, uh, your board yes. game. <laughs> you said that you've, yep. you've been working on this project uh, for five years now. Yes. Yeah. Just over five years. And we, we hit Kickstarter and we raised $144,000 in the first day. So crazy. And, um, 218,000 as of recording. Wow. And 770. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we've got another stretch goal at 220. Let's do this. Cool. Um, so it's, it actually is the number two most crowdfunded Christian media project of all time behind the chosen. Wow. Um, because of that so did you expect so, this to explode the way it has or were you i mean what were your expectations when you when you put this on kickstarter so i um i knew that it would be big i just didn't know how big mm -hmm. and i think actually that deliverance has a lot of potential even still but and this is kind of what i expected i had like a five-year plan it's like okay we launched deliverance then it's going to do as well as it does. My low estimate was $140,000 for the whole campaign. 
And it turns out that we raised that in the first day. So out of 30, right? So um, the, I guess, um, I, I, it's doing better than I expected. And it's getting a lot more mainstream um, attention from non-Christians. Um, I did expect that. But what I what I find is the um, the most challenging part of deliverance is that you have these stigmas to overcome. Mm-hmm. You know the Christian game. <laughs> My baby is squawking. So uh, you have the, the 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 stigma to overcome of it being a Christian game. So th- you know it's not innovative. It can't. It surely can't be innovative. It surely can't be. Uh, you know an actual fun game and the purpose of the thing surely isn't to just have fun and tell an awesome story it's here to, it must be here to educate me it must be here to push an agenda and it, it must cast judgment on alternative lifestyles and that sort of thing and i think that um while anybody can interpret you know criticism of of lifestyles or whatever um it's not it doesn't do that at all you know you can try to read something into it but it's not there and the um the people that play it see that and are excited so we have you know card carrying members of the church of satan in the european union that are like i love this game i can't wait to have it and you have you've got atheists that tell me there is no god andrew but man this game is cool (laughs) and you know it's like that's okay like i'm glad you're enjoying the game there are 180 bible verses in it and none of them are required reading and they're all just highly thematic flavor texts that are appropriately placed and that add to the experience, um, you know, and uh, all sorts of other things. But anyway, I, I guess I don't want to jump on my soapbox yet. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's really cool. Um, and I, I saw on there Babylon B uh, mm-hmm. has liked it. Love thy nerd. Um, we're good friends with them. Uh, gave it their seal of approval, which is really cool. Um, they're huge in a board game. I so. think they made an award for us. Yeah. <laughs> LTN loves this game. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, that, that's pretty awesome. Um, for those who, who don't know Love Thy Nerd, they literally go to cons and play board games with uh, people as a form of outreach. And they're not super pushy about it, but they just play games with people. They give out these lanyards, and when people ask, they give answers. And that's kind of their thing. Um, part of their thing. So I think it's an awesome yeah. yeah, love, love that. It's, it's a really great witness in the board game community, the LTN people. Yeah, I bet with this game, they're going to have a lot of fun um, playing this at cons and stuff. Um, yeah. So you gave me a little bit about the game, uh, that it's a dungeon crawler. Uh, you mentioned the, the video game mechanics to it. What else can you tell me about just like the mm-hmm. gameplay? Yeah, so the um, I guess the first thing, there's kind of the who are you? why does it matter you know who rather i guess uh, for a board gamer it's like who am i and why do i care and how do i win is Mm -hmm. the those are kind of the three questions that you need to answer as a board gamer um so that i know the basics about the game so i could i could just kind of start there go for it okay so i'll give you the, the, the thematic introduction okay i always give this when i when i lead a game so deliverance first of all it's cooperative so you're all playing together against the game itself and um, so you play elite angels in the army of heaven and you have come down to the small backwoodsy modern day little town in Southern California called Fallbrook that is rife with demonic activity. Um, your mission is to figure out why you suspect that one of your former angelic allies, a mighty fallen prince that has since um, fallen to the will of Satan and is 
leading the armies of darkness from the shadows has taken residence there. And something strange is happening in this town, though. It seems as though the evils of the human realm are manifesting in the spiritual realm as darkness that you that that is kind of standing in your way and it's crippling you. So you have to um, fight the demons in tactical combat while at the same time restraining the darkness and protecting saints that um, uh, in order to kind of cleanse this town. And there may yet be something more sinister going on that you aren't yet aware of. Cool. So there you go. Awesome. <laughs> there's there is a teaser trailer of deliverance and i think one of the one of the biggest challenges with deliverance i mentioned the whole christian game concept um is one of that uh, i sorry what i was going to say is that it solves the problem of somebody saying oh it's christian when you get to show them and part of the my mission kind of from the outset was to show people not tell so i wanted to show how awesome it was and how serious the game takes itself um, with awesome art and an, a, an amazing trailer for the mm -hmm. game and, and that kind of thing. So that's kind of what we led with. And also we had a community of roughly 4,300 people that were ex on our email list and it's super excited to see this game fund and that kind of thing. So, you know, that way the world would just all of a sudden stop and take note of like, hey, there's this project that came out of nowhere that raised like 200,000 or more. And uh, what the heck is this? It's a Christian game. <laughs> you know, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> One thing I'm really admiring about it is the, uh, uh, it, it's not cheap looking. Like it, quality miniatures um, that look great. Um, and then tons of pieces. What, how many pieces do you know? Do you have a count yeah. on that? Um, there are, uh, well, in the deluxe edition of the game, there should be about 425 cards. Um, there are, well, there will be by the finish of the Kickstarter, it looks like we're going to unlock all nine angels. So there can be nine angels, uh, that are very different tactically. They, they actually feel kind of like, um, if you played league of legends, they feel each like a kitted out league of legends character. That's super different from, from, uh, you know, they're very different from each other, cool. but, um, you've got, uh, a campaign, that you can play through. It's like a 14 mission campaign okay. that after you, uh, and, and it's got this box, actually there's a sealed box inside the, the deliverance box that it's like a sealed com compartment that you get to open as the, the, your final two missions of the, uh, of the campaign are in there. And um, it's a, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I think it's just a lot of fun, but after you finish the campaign, you get to play new game plus just like, Chrono Trigger, mm -hmm. you know, you get to compete with your epically awesome character in these challenges that are extremely difficult um, and challenging even for the most beefed out angels. And, um, you know, and then there's this uh, skirmish mode that you can just like bring to game night and sit down and it takes like one or two hours to play. And, um, it, you know, just you can have a blast and it's not you don't have to like teach everyone the campaign and, right. you know start i saw that so, one to two hour yeah, a, mark on the uh kickstarter is that about yeah. how long a mission will take um so the campaign is usually a little bit shorter okay. than a skirmish so a skirmish mode is like you kind of like a random battle mm -hmm. imagine like a random battle culminating in like an epic fallen prince fight which is kind of like a a raid boss in world of warcraft okay um they they um 
but uh, so that's like the one to two hour experience depending on number of players if it's your first time through it might take you an extra 30 minutes or an hour to like learn figure out what it is that you're doing and all but after that you're good um and then um the campaign is probably between 30 to 90 minutes depending on your player count okay so longer missions might hit two hours but they're usually a little bit shorter punchier so um but anyway uh I hope I answered your question. Yeah, no, I think you did. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, I think that's all the questions that I have about uh, the game. So do you have anything that you wanted to, to mention as far as the development goes? or? Um... Yeah, I guess there are two things maybe. The first one is the, the game itself is not preachy. My... Um, it doesn't hide anything. It doesn't pull any punches, but it is not preachy at all. Um, and the reason for that is because the purpose is the game. So we actually begin from the point of Christ died on the cross, was buried and resurrected. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where the story starts. So in order to even play in the universe, that's the story that everyone kind of has to accept in order to like play in the sandbox, you know? And but there's no track so we're not trying to preach it to each individual player. <laughs> right. It's just like, yeah, by the way, you watched this happen 2000 years ago. And now here we are today where your orders are different. Instead of having to watch your, your commander in chief get crucified. Now you get to slay all the demons that did that. So, you know, here we are. Cool. And, um, the, you know, the, so the, the story is, is, is fun and engaging and interesting. And it's kind of safe for somebody that's not a Christian, because it's not going to try to like convert them on mission five of the campaign or, you know, when you open the box, the first thing that opens is a gospel tract or whatever. <laughs> the first thing that comes out, you know, nothing like that. And my belief is that this game can be used as a tool for ministry in only in the hands of a minister. Can it be used for that? The game is just an inanimate object. It's it's not like the I mean, we do have Bible verses in it, but it's not like the Bible, which is alive. It's like you know, a tool like a hammer, you can use it to build a house, but you know, the hammer's not going to build the house by itself. Right. And, uh, it really needs a capable minister. And that's only if the person wants to be a minister, the game is a useful tool for gaming in the hands of a gamer though, you know? And, um, so that's, I think that's probably one of the most important elements of the, uh, the equation for me personally, I just wanted a game that wasn't cringy that, was made for adults and was just that I was proud to share yeah. as a Christian. And I think that's a lot of the time where these games fail. And so the, 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 I just, I think that games that are, that are decent, but also Christian are, um, I'm not, I'm not really that interested in sharing with everybody when I could just, I have so many other options that are great. Mm -hmm. You know, I have like, we talked about Marvel and DC and, and everything. I mean, I can just pull a game in that, genre or that universe and we could have tons of fun um so i i just feel like the uh um well haiti i i just feel like the potential for you know being embarrassed about it is is there in a christian product you know um so i just i i we tried really hard everything is the way it is um for a reason mm -hmm. and nothing is the way it is because it's cool it's cool and biblically consistent so we do everything we can to make a theologically sound fantasy really 
You know, it's it has to be consistent with the biblical narrative. Angels are always good. Demons are always bad. Satan's the worst. And that's just the way it is. There's not going to be an angel that tricks you and is really a demon now or a demon that's like, hey, I want to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. That's just not what the Bible says, right? Yeah. And so, you know, and in other cases, it's not theologically sound at all. Like angels in our game are basically good looking people with two wings. And in real life, they have eyeballs everywhere. <laughs> They're extremely terrifying. And most people have a bad time after like during an encounter with an angel or they fall down and worship them. They, they fall as though they're dead. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want that experience in my body. <laughs> I, I want it to be fun. Um, so anyway, I really appreciate the, the, the seed yeah. planting method and not the throwing the crops at people method. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I think it's really cool. And board games are one of the like easiest way to bring people together. So, I mean, as far as um, if you are a Christian and you are wanting to, um, I don't know if you want to minister to people in my mind, it's better to create a relationship with someone, which you could do over a board game, uh, get to really know somebody. And then that just kind of happen organically and not in a forceful, in a forceful way. Um, I don't know. That's just in my yeah, mind better to invite someone to church that, you know, than to, you know, just throw a Bible at someone on the street yep. kind of thing. Um, yeah, not to knock anyone who does. I it, agree but... with that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, there there are uh, uh, places for all sorts of different ministry, but a lot of the time, you know, when when I was going to church and like high school, college, and like you know, eighteen to twenty five ministry, I I wondered how do I share the gospel with people? I'm like scared, really scared, and I've I learned since that he who asks the questions tends to control the conversation and the the direction of the conversation. But if you have a a tool like deliverance, which is all about angels and demons and the saints caught between them. Um, it, it puts the conversation in a place that is extremely easy. I mean, a lot of the time I've had the most interesting conversations with um, non-Christians about angels and demons and theories behind all these things, you know, tinfoil hat theories and wondering what I believe and, and that sort of thing. And uh, that was just simply because we were playing a game and, at the end, I've had atheists, you know, that are, when I say atheists, I mean people who are like, I'm an atheist and I'm playing your game. Just wanted to let you know I'm an atheist. So an atheist that wants to let me know they're an atheist that plays my game will afterward tell me, you know, I read more Bible in the last 20 minutes than I have in the last 20 years. Um, just because they are, you know, we have this deck of cards that is uh, the prayer deck. So when you use a pray action, that's kind of how you fight against the darkness is you have a chance to cast down this darkness by using a pray action. Um, and whenever you use that pray action, you get to draw a prayer card. So you gain resources and a card and uh, you get to try to cast down some of these dark, the bad darkness cards. And um, each one of the prayer cards has, it's almost like magic, the gathering where it has like a, a thing that the card does on the front. It's like a new kind of action that you can do. You can heal people, damage something or whatever. Right. And, um, but on the back, it's got a, a highly thematic flavor text, which is, if you're not familiar with what flavor text is, it is, um, we use Bible verses to kind of enhance the theme. Um, so for example, we've got a card called the golden rule and you gain resources and also get to give resources to a fellow angel. And on the back, it's got the Bible verse for the golden rule. Uh, which is do unto others as you would have others do unto right. you, or right, right, and cool. and um, 
it makes for a really kind of tied in theme, you know? So it's kind of fun. Well, very approachable. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, What, where can they find you at? First of all? Yeah. uh, Probably the best place to start is at lowendgames.com. right now. It's just going to direct you to the deliverance website. Um, That's the place to go. If you want to find me personally, you know, hit up Kickstarter and, you know, you can find me, um, you can find me there. My email is just going to be deliverance, the game at gmail.com. I've got a ton of social media out there that, you know, is extremely active. We've got our discord server. If you have tabletop simulator and you like to play board games, then find us on discord. Um, you know, but everything you can, you can find everything at lowengames.com. Okay, it, cool. it, you'll have the link to the Discord, link to the Kickstarter, everything like that. And if you want to support the Kickstarter, that's our goal is to raise as much money as we possibly can by July 8th and as many backers as we can. And that, you know, if you see it as a worthy project, um, and we'd, we'd love your support. Um, so Awesome, man. Well, that was my second question was that's how. where to find <laughs> the Kickstarter. But uh, that's perfect. We'll leave that also in the uh, podcast description if you want to check it out um, or, again, go there. So, awesome. All right. Well, awesome. thank you so much for sitting down. Uh, well, I'll definitely have to check this game out. It, it sounds really cool, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Geeks Under Grace podcast. We love hearing from you, so feel free to ask us questions or just comment on the show by using the hashtag GUGCast on Twitter or by joining the GUGCast questions channel in the Geeks Under Grace Discord. If you like this episode, consider leaving a review or rating of our show on your favorite podcast app. If you want even more Geeks Under Grace, you can always go to geeksundergrace.com. We love you all so much, so thank you for listening. <laughs>